Welcome to Sound Advice with Phyllis Nichols. This podcast is for women and the men who love them who are determined to make a difference in the world. You'll hear from other women who followed their own path to success, who are willing to share what they've learned along the way. Be ready to laugh, learn, and be inspired. Who knows, your story could be next. Your host, Phyllis Nichols, will make sure you see the possibilities in your own life, and even better, give you proven strategies to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hi, and thanks for joining the Sound Advice Podcast today. I'm Phyllis Nichols, your host, and today we're really lucky to have a great guest with us. Uh, Cheryl Harrison, president of Speech Bubble, is here with us today. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Phyllis. For people that might not know who you are, although, you know, she's internet famous, I'll tell you a little bit about Cheryl. She is the owner of Speech Bubble, which is a conversation company helping small businesses fill in their own speech bubble on social media. She is the editor of Drink Up Columbus, the online source for craft beer, wine, and spirits news in central Ohio. And she's been voted one of the top three bloggers in the city for the past four years by readers of 614 Magazine. And you've done a lot of stuff. Actually, I met Cheryl years ago, kind of through Twitter, and you were doing this sort of I want to meet new people kind of thing, which was really fun. So how's everything going with you today? Good. Still meeting plenty of strangers from the Internet. Um, (laughs) No, I was actually telling someone about that uh, Fast Friends thing the other day. I kind of forgot about it because I feel like I meet so many cool people from the internet, right. but, you know, six years ago, that was much, much less common to do, and so I kind of put up this calendar and got to meet you among them. Um, I think I did it for 40 days. I met a different person every day from, from Twitter, and a lot of those people are people who have, you know, helped me with my business, helped me personally just become friends. So meet strangers from the internet is the moral of the story, I think. <laughs> Well, that's great, actually. And then after, you know, after he did that and I moved to Nashville, I I didn't do it quite as formally as you did, but I definitely sort of took that idea because I didn't know anybody there. And so it was just a way for me to um, meet new people in a new city. I just started following people and then I would reach out and be like, hey, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, which is really awesome. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, People are really receptive to, you know, sit down and and have a cup of coffee or lunch with, with someone. Right. Especially if you're not, you know, trying to pitch them something. If you're pretty upfront and you're like, I just want to meet people, then right. they're pretty open to it. Right. They are open to it, I think, which is really nice. So I know a lot has happened and you're now, you know, doing lots of social media and really developed a lot of resources for your clients. But to start off the interview, I just want to talk a little bit about what kind of some a piece of sound advice, I always like to ask this, that has really served you well, either in your business or in life or just something in general that you have really sort of benefited from. Honestly, the, the main one that it took many years of hearing it from many people to sink in is that it really doesn't matter what other people think about you. It's really hard to to put content out online and you know, constantly you're getting negative feedback. I don't think I've ever tweeted or blogged something and not had three people (laughs) respond with something mean. And it was very hard for me for a really long time. But uh, when I kind of stopped caring what people that I don't know or people that aren't people I respect have to say about me, uh, I became a lot happier and really no negative consequences came out of it. It's not like, oh, God, everything fell apart because 
one person on the internet said a mean thing and I didn't change my life because of it. Uh, mostly I'm just a lot, lot happier about it. So, uh, haters gonna hate, I believe is how you could summarize that. Yeah. And just don't worry about it. Yeah. That, you know, that's actually right. That's terrific advice for anybody, especially with dealing with people online, but really in any walk of life, like really other people's opinions really don't matter. Um, you know, you, you're kind of need to just live your life your way and feel good about what you're doing and who you are. Um, that's really terrific advice, actually. It's a lot harder to put into practice than it is to say, you know, because everybody wants to be liked. Most people want yeah. to be liked, but <laughs> you're not going to please everybody. So right. don't don't even try. Yeah, it it is hard. I heard um, somebody that had done a TEDx talk was like, and it was viewed quite a bit, you know, several, maybe hundreds of thousands of times. I mean, quite a, quite a bit. And of course, there was a percentage of people that gave these really negative reviews, kind of like you. She was finally like, you know what? I sort of had to step back and go, you know, they weren't up on stage talking. And so until they're sort of up there doing it themselves, giving me the chance for feedback, like I'm just not going to, I'm just going to discount that feedback i'm just or just totally ignore it basically because there's nothing else you really can do yeah, especially for something like that um with a speech that was something that I'm, i still don't really like speaking because i i spend the next 24 hours after i do something thinking of all the things i should have said <laughs> and there's literally nothing you can do, do about it so now i just immediately try to forget <laughs> when we're done right. when we hang up this call i'm gonna be like I don't know what I said on that podcast, but it's what I said. There's nothing I can do about it. So while you can always, you know, try to do your best, there's really no point in worrying about it after it's already happened because it's done. It's over. Go on to the next thing. Right, right. Well, I totally agree. And I think um, as, you know, somebody, I can become pretty obsessed about things as well. And um, it's, it's, it's just really good sometimes. And also, you know, maybe things are important, right? But sometimes just not take it so seriously like a you know a blog post is a moment in time it's not the end of the world kind of a thing but it's hard when it's your own work when it's something you're putting out there you know yep I got I mean I I get more defensive about people because as part of my my job I manage social media for for a dozen different businesses and I get more upset when people attack my clients than I do when they attack me because I you know, I can't right. do anything about it for me. But if I get, um, you know, a negative a negative comment about a client, I I take it, I think, more personally than I do about myself because I just gave up on what people think about me. But I really care about what people think about <laughs> companies that we work with. So <laughs> right. it's kind of weird how that split off that way. No, 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 though I could see that, though. It's sort of like, clients certainly and people that you respect or even friends and family it's like you know I can I can make fun of my brother but other people can't that kind of thing like you sort of have you know you have to draw a line there somewhere absolutely I totally get it well and when we're working with clients you know I know you're managing lots of uh, social media campaigns for somebody who's listening who is either maybe trying to just kind of figure out social media or, or try and improve how, um, you know, their impact there, you know, what's a one or two little tips that you might give them that might help them with their visibility and that sort of thing? There's a lot of companies that ask me that, that question that really don't 
have a place in social media necessarily. So first of all, I would say think about what you might actually do on social media. If you're a um, company that sells home insurance to other companies or something, who are you really going to be reaching on social media? You're not going to reach the companies because the companies probably have someone in a marketing department doing their social media. So you're not actually ever going to be talking to the correct person. So if the person, and it's not to say that, B2B companies don't have plenty of uses for social media, but in a small scale, if the the people that you directly need to be talking to, you can't find a direct path to through Twitter, through forums, through LinkedIn or whatever the channel may be, then maybe don't waste your time on it. Um, However, if you're a company that uh, is B2C, if you're any sort of retail, restaurant uh, type of business, just put out content that is visually appealing and shows off what you do best, whether that's your people and your service, if it's your food and your beautiful plating, if it's uh, your specials, if it's your special events, whatever the thing is that you do the best, just try to, in some sort of regular frequency, show people that. Because people forget, I mean, there's so many great restaurants here in Central Ohio that I love who don't who've never posted a photo of their food on, right. on the internet, not even on their website, let alone on a, on a Facebook page or an Instagram page. And I'm one of those people who scrolls through Instagram. And if I see a picture of food and that food looks good, I'm <laughs> going to go get that food. <laughs> like I, yeah. I am a very impulse eater. Uh, and I think a lot of us are. So just kind of show off what you have best and, you know, be available for when people need you is the other side of that. So if you have a Twitter account or you have a Facebook page or you have an Instagram account and I find that and I have a question, I'm going to try to use that to get a hold of you instead of calling you because I'm an insufferable millennial who hates using the phone. So I'm going to send you a message on Twitter with my question and I expect that somebody will answer me within an hour or two just because you're there and you set up this channel and it is a setting on your phone that would give you the notification. And so if you right. aren't, if you don't care enough to have that setting turned on, then I don't care enough to come to your business. So if you're going to set up these channels, just make sure that somebody at least daily is checking them because people are going to send you questions on them once you open right. them up. And it's so right. oh, frustrating no. when they don't respond. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It is kind of frustrating, and um, that's really, really great advice um, all, the, all across the board. Obviously, thinking about who your audience is, who is it you're trying to impact. Um, I loved your tip about, you know, I think all of us are increasingly more and more visual. So, I mean, like the other day, honestly, I, I, I was, I'm like, I'm going to have to stop following food porn on Twitter just because, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, they'll post all this stuff, and I'm like immediately going, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, so that's another great tip, and, and I love the just really highlighting what you do best, as simple as that concept is. I'm not sure that lots of people would naturally automatically think to do that. A lot of people, I don't know, I, th- I think it's just really sensible. Funnily enough, I'm not sure that everybody always thinks of that, you know, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's not, don't get me wrong, that's, you know, the the peak of the iceberg. It's in- Sure. no way a, a, uh, an in-depth strategy, but 
I, again, there's so many restaurants and, and just that, you know, have somebody be available to respond to messages as they come in and maybe post a photo every day on Instagram and have that automatically post to Facebook. So post one photo, one place, once a day. That That's maybe two minutes of your time. So I have to right. assume it's not a time thing. It's, it's right. a we don't know what we would post things. So for the love of God, if you make food, take pictures of it and I'll follow you and I'll eat it. Right. That's it. That's, that's it. That's right. one, two, three. That's your social media plan. Yeah. I just, I love the simplicity of it too. A lot of people obviously feel like social media and social media can be really overwhelming if you're not sure what you're doing and especially if you're being really random about it. Well, I, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because I also do want to talk to you a little bit about your Drink Up Columbus. How did all of that get started? Just out of your natural interest? <laughs> uh, so a year before, Drink Up Columbus launched about four years ago. A year before mm-hmm. that, uh, a friend and I tried to start a video podcast about beer. And we learned very quickly that not only are we not good on camera, but we also don't really know how to edit video. <laughs> we didn't have the yeah. equipment for it. It was a mess. It was a hot mess. I'm not even going to tell you what it's called. Because just in case you can find it, I don't want you to watch it. It was really <laughs> okay. bad. It was the wrong format, but the right content. So we kind of tabled that. Um, same friend and then a few others. We you know, sat down over beers naturally and decided to just start a group blog. Unfortunately for me, within two or three months, the group left. So then, <laughs> then I just had the blog and it was kind of sink or swim time. But... At the time, five years ago in Columbus, oh my gosh, it's, yeah, five years. Five years ago in Columbus, there wasn't, craft beer wasn't really a thing. It wasn't really a thing anywhere. I mean, it existed certainly, but it wasn't a thing people talked about. Um, there wasn't a ton to talk about in all honesty. So the site originally was going to kind of point people toward where to find any craft beer in Columbus, not even local craft beer because we only had a couple breweries and they weren't really doing anything interesting. So it was just going to kind of be, you know, here's where a tap takeover is. And then very fortuitously, within a few months, all these breweries started opening and local media hadn't yet seen this as a trend, as a thing people cared about, or as a thing that was here to stay. So for the first almost two years of the five years the site's been up, we were the only place that talked about craft beer in Columbus that interviewed these new breweries that were opening up, that reviewed their new beers, that talked about these beer festivals that were starting to pop up. You really couldn't read about that anywhere else. These days, every single local media outlet, print, web, radio, TV, talks about craft beer ad nauseum. However, we were kind of there first, and so we have a really large, dedicated following who sticks with us for that content, even though a lot of the stuff that we talk about now is available other places. Um, we we did it first, which was good timing, and continue to do it, I think, best. All right, cool. Well, so I have to ask you, and I, I love it. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I, you definitely got right there in the beginning of a trend, which was very cool, and now it's sort of like a really – it's just taken off everywhere, not just here in Columbus, but around the country. Let me ask you, what is your 
one of, I'm, I can't, I'm sure you can't pick just one, but like, so what's one of your favorite local breweries? Well, two of them pay me, so I'm like contractually obligated to say those two, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I mean, they really are two of my local breweries, uh, which is why I work with them. So Zauber Brewing in Grandview, they make um, yeah. German, German and Belgian style air, ale, ale, ugh, ales. <laughs> I've had a few apparently. And um, Smokehouse Brewing, which uh, has been around for almost 18 years now, um, formerly Barley Smokehouse. They're right next to my office, so I go there at least two or three times a week for lunch and, of course, a lunch beer. So they just have really, really good kind of classic English ales. So I love those, too, um, but they also pay me, full disclosure. And uh, let's see, we've got 27 breweries now locally, so it's no small task to pick one or two. Wow, no kidding. Um, Hoofhearted, which I, I pains me to say out loud because it's a little fart joke, but Hoofhearted. Um, they are just crushing it on the, the double IPA game right now. They okay. have canning releases two or three times a month. People wait in line for three hours to get a case of cans of this beer. So they, wow. they have great stuff. And then my other favorite is Rock Mill Brewery over in Lancaster. They do um, all Belgian ales. Okay. That are, um, just great. They The brewery opened in the owner realized that the uh, water on the, the farm property where they're at was very similar to the water in Belgium. So that's the type of beer that they make. Kind of oh, cool yeah, story. That's and they, kinda cool. They might be opening a um, restaurant in German Village, all things going as they hope. So that would be awesome because Lancaster is kind of a hype from here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Actually, I wasn't um, aware of that. So it will be a new a new one for me to check out. Yeah, so that's cool. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today. Before we finish up, a couple of things. I want to let people know how to reach you. You, Your company, obviously, are speechbubble.com. Yep, S-P-E-E-C-H-B-U-B-B-L-E-P-R.com is the actual full site. Gotcha, speechbubblepr.com. And you can also find her on Twitter under Cheryl Harrison. Facebook, Cheryl Harrison as well. Instagram, um, LinkedIn, anywhere you can type Cheryl Harrison, just type it there and it's not yeah. probably me. <laughs> okay, great. And um, definitely for the people listening, you know, check out Drink Up Columbus blog. It's really great. Cheryl puts tons of timely information there and really does, you really do sort of serve, you cover a lot of local events and, and kind of get the word out about a lot of things that are happening. So that's very cool as well. Lastly, really quick before we finish up, if someone is interested in, you know, you started a business fairly young, right uh, soon after college, you so there's a lot of people I think that feel like they can't do that. Or I talk to people and they're like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. I don't, I, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, there's just a lot of people would, that would like to, or start something like Drink Up Columbus, but they're not really sure. Like what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's just really interested in doing something and, and they're not really sure where to get started at? Well, first of all, I was one of those people. Um, I didn't want to start a company. <laughs> I didn't think I could do it. And that was advice I had been getting from many people who right. I trusted uh, professionally for years was that I should quit my job and start a company. And at 23 years old with student loan debt and really yeah. no savings, that did not, and a lot of debt, a lot of other debt too at that time, that didn't seem like a good idea. It seemed like a terrible idea. So Drink Up Columbus, while now somewhat of a business, although 
speech bubble certainly is um, our main focus. It, it wasn't started as a business. It was started absolutely as a hobby and maybe a way to right. get some free beer. So through that, um, through connections I made through having that resource for people, I started to get approached by businesses who wanted to hire me uh, to freelance, you know, to, to do their media relations, to do social media, to help them with their website. So through that, I, I ended up taking, you know, two or three freelance clients while I was still working a full-time job, which depending on the type of business you want to start, if that's an option, definitely go that route, you know, kind of figure out on, right. your, on your free time while you're still collecting a check if you can. And there's plenty of businesses that you can't do that. But if you really want to get a technology company off the ground, if you want to start some sort of brick and mortar thing, you really need to put 50, 60 hours a week in it. And that's probably not feasible while you have a job. but if it's some sort of consulting thing that you can do on the side or, um, you know, if you're, if you want to make something and you can kind of craft just a little bit of it on the weekends to, to find interest, do it that way. Um, right. for me, we hit a point where I had so many people that wanted to hire me that I didn't have the free time anymore to do it. And at that point, you know, YOLO, I figured let's give it a shot. So I still didn't really want to, I never wanted to run a company. I mean, at this point I have a, a full-time employee who works for me, which was never even in my plan when I quit my job. I just wanted to sit at home and, and not have to put on real pants <laughs> and, and work on whatever I wanted. That's all I wanted. That was the dream. Um, but within, I'd say two or three months of, of quitting my job, you know, settling into my not wearing pants routine um, and just kind of putting out the word to this network that I had built that this is what I was doing now. I brought on so much new business that I was making twice what I made at the job that I left that I wasn't sure to be able to sustain myself. Um, and at this point, we I mean, I, ha I have a full time employee. We, we might be hiring someone else here in the next few months. So uh accidental momentum has carried me very far, but kind of just, I, I have found so much happiness and so much less stress from choosing to work on projects that I want to than I ever would find, you know, working on whatever someone else tells me to work on. So for me, it was absolutely the right decision. Um, it, it's not for everyone. I have a, a lot of friends who have quit their jobs because they share the same smart friends as me who also told them that they should go out on their own and then they do it for six months and they'd hate it. They hate, you know, chasing down invoices and they hate getting new business and they hate um, the the doubt about whether or not you're going to be able to pay right. rent next month. Um, right. I, I didn't mind that stuff so much. And, and we've reached a point now where it's not a concern, but um, it, you really need to know yourself and the sorts mm -hmm. of things you like working on. And if any of those things sound scary, and of course it's scary, but um, it might not be for you. So don't don't feel like you aren't successful if you aren't an art entrepreneur. And I have a lot of friends who that was a lesson that they had to learn was that all their friends were doing this. And so they had to do it and they hated it. So they don't do it anymore. So it's not a track for everybody and there's absolutely nothing any less respectable about having a great job and having pride in that. So if that's what you're happy with, then don't quit your job. Yeah. Well, no, 
that's actually everything you just shared is, is great advice. I definitely agree. If you can do it like as a side hustle in the beginning, it's very helpful. If for no other reason too, that it just helps with your confidence. It kind of gives you a little bit of a, of an inside look as to what you're in for, whether or not you're going to like that or not. So no, that's great. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't think your success has been at all accidental. Um, but I'm, you know, I know that you do great things and that, you know, you, you, you work really hard to, uh, for your customers and on behalf of your clients, and I'm sure they appreciate it. And um, thank you for your time today here with, on the Sound Advice podcast. I appreciate it. It's been great talking with you. Hopefully, I will run into you somewhere around town, and, and we can have a beer soon. You know, I'm totally waiting for the Hop Slam release to come out. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, it, no, it's been a pleasure. We'll definitely have to grab a Hop Slams around late January, early February. So we'll have to, to grab a Hop Slam here soon. Oh, done. I would love to do that. Just tell me when and where, and um, I'd love to. That'd be awesome. Done. <laughs> All right. Take care, and thanks again for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Phyllis. Till next time. Have fun. Be you, and share your sound advice with the world. For more info and show notes, or to connect with Phyllis, go to soundadvicesales.com or on Facebook at Sound Advice Sales.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.